season's over. Who cares about football? All right, let's talk about the draft. Yeah. And no, we're <laughs> not going to do it. to the combine and the draft. I already semi-told David Ingber that the fact that he texted me right after the Eagles game, I was like, don't text me. You blocked him. I didn't block him. You wanted I was to also block semi-joking, but I was also very serious. But you wanted to block him, though. No. Because you know what we didn't do? We didn't text him after the Patriots game. We didn't. And that's because we have a heart. Because we're friends. Yeah. Absolutely. Real friends. But after the Eagles game, <laughs> here, here comes this crazy text message. We're going to break down Eagles, Seahawks, Texans, Bills, Patriots, Titans, and Saints, Vikings. He's not our friend. Uh, I still love him. Uh, but I, I kind of want to start off first with uh, the news today, which is the Dallas Cowboys are hiring Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they let Jason Garrett kind of blow in the wind. The stories that were coming out on Sunday, honestly, were very weird. Yeah. About how they kept trying to fire Jason Garrett. And then Jason Garrett kept being like, now hold on. <laughs> what if you don't fire me? Right. And they were like, and then the fact that they kept thinking about it. But I also think it's funny that Mike McCarthy apparently slept over Jerry Jones's house last night. Why is that funny to you? I just think that like sleepovers are for, Well, I mean, you gotta imagine thirteen year old kids. Well, yeah, if you have a two bedroom apartment, but if you're Jerry Jones, you got a 10, 12, 15. So Ingber and I were talking about this. I think the funniest thing about sleeping over someone's house is not the, hey, let's let's go to bed. Right. Because then you're going to be like, hey, let's get a drink, and then we're going to go to bed. It's more about when you wake up. Because what if Jerry went to bed and was like, you know what? I, I'm going to hire that guy. But then <laughs> McCarthy comes out. His hair is all over the place. You know, he's got like a gym shirt. That what says, do you like, do? What time do you wake up in the morning? I mean, when you're at someone's, right. what, house, what, someone's house. What if Mike McCarthy wakes up too late? Yes. And Jerry, and like, oh, Jerry already left for work. He said that you can leave. What if he wakes up too early? And he's just kind of creeping around Jerry's house, trying to figure it out. What would you do if you were a prospective head coach? What time would you wake up? I would ask the night before. I'd be like, Jerry, what time are we waking up tomorrow? Yeah, that, you, you that, go that, for was, a run? that would be the way to be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would go all in. Jerry would be like, doing? I'll hire someone to run, to run with you. I'm not going to run with you. You wake up really early and you go, the China markets are off to yes. a blazing start. No, I think you wake up early and you hope to hear something. You wait to hear that sound. Like, oh, Jerry's in the kitchen. But do you really think Jerry's in the kitchen? No. Someone's or do you think his cook is in the kitchen? The cook is definitely in the kitchen. So you think that he probably had his own wing? No, there's no doubt about it. Have he, you ever slept? Who's the, the richest person's house you ever slept over? The richest person's house I've ever slept over. Dorsey Levins. That's interesting. Mine was Sims. <laughs> yeah. Dorsey, and that was a great time. Great, great time. What was my, like? my, We were down in Atlanta for All-Star Weekend, and it was right after my rookie year. I had just a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dorsey took care of me. It was it was great. It was awesome. And you guys woke up and, like, Yeah, we were just kind of, we were all, before. that's exactly, we could all come convene at the kitchen table and talk that's, about. That's the reason people love bachelor parties. Yes. It's just so you could be a kid again. Yeah, so you can and rehash. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Have some egos. Yeah. Play Twisted Metal way too late at night. That's right. Yeah. 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 No, not, not, none of that. But. Not the music. Do you remember the game Twisted Metal? Yeah, no. Why, why were you playing Twisted Metal at a bachelor party? Video. No, this was like when I was a kid. No, no one wants to play Turtles in Time. Get out of here. Not on bachelor parties. I'm saying when I was a kid, we would do that stuff. No, I thought we were talking about the bachelor party. Yeah, well, you can't talk about that. You're going to get too excited. I but know. I like bachelor parties. The actual story of Mike McCarthy yeah. going to the Cowboys. Uh-huh. What was your initial reaction when you heard it? I think it's a good hire. And I think, like it's, I think it's the non-sexy hire. The sexy hires, Urban Meyer and Lincoln Riley, and 
to a lesser extent, Matt Rule type of thing, or even if you went and got Josh McDaniels. But this is, in my opinion, a you're, solid. You're saying the sexy ones are the ones that have a little bit of unknown. Yeah, but not even just the unknown. I think they're more of a, more of a like they're exciting. They're, yes. People would be like, oh, oh, okay, now I see why you hired him. We don't believe we've seen any of their peaks yet. Right. With Mike McCarthy, you know exactly what you're getting. Well, I think that he's a solid coach. He's been around the league. He's coached one of the best quarterbacks for a very long time. Even though him and Aaron Rodgers didn't see eye to eye, that to me, that doesn't have any impact in his relationship with Zeke and this offense because now with this football team in Dallas has to be thinking is we need someone that can get the best out of us. Yeah. We're already basically built. You know, he doesn't have to go build a bunch of different things. McCarthy doesn't. He has to try to figure out how to get the best out of his players. Right. And I think he brings a little cachet. He brings a Super Bowl ring down there to Dallas. Obviously, I don't know that Jerry – kind of gets in the way as much as he has in the past. I'm sure Jerry's yeah. going to do what Jerry does. But Mike McCarthy, I think it's a solid hire. And when you're talking about not the splash, and you're talking about just a good, solid hire, I think that's exactly what they need at this point. Mm. They need someone that could just be solid, has done it before, and can be solid. I think as an Eagles fan, you like I it. love this hire. You like it. Because I don't think it is a good hire. Why not? Because you say that there's cachet to Mike McCarthy bringing a Super Bowl ring. Some. You know how many coaches have won a Super Bowl ring with two different teams? Who? Zero. Okay. Number two, this man had Aaron Rodgers for like a decade. Absolutely. And he went to one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is not a guy that gets the best out of his players. This is a guy that right here at Bleacher Report, we just put out a story that the players felt like he was holding them back. That the team was going, your offensive system isn't up to date. Mm-hmm. It's not that good. You don't get along with our star quarterback, so mm-hmm. why would I want to introduce you to my next one? Mm-hmm. And if you believe that he's going to establish discipline, this is the same guy that when he was a free agent on the street for a month was getting into a fight with a ref at a child's basketball game. Well, I don't think he's he's not there to bring discipline. And, and I, I don't know, think the Cobb's Cowboys... going to like this one. Yeah, I don't think the Cowboys need discipline like that. I think they need someone to bring in a better system, and I, I don't know. His system stinks. His system was slant flat. But like, that's that's the West Coast system, and it mm, it's so bad. I just well, but let me. Isn't there something to be said for coaches who are at their second stop? Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid. I think that one. I never. I Andy Reid and Bill Belichick were always seen as great coaches. Bill Belichick with Lawrence Taylor, the Giants, he was the whiz kid of that defense for a long time with Bill Parcells. No one doubted that he would be good, Mm -hmm. and the Browns were good. Andy Reid was on his way, if he would have stayed with the Eagles, he could have been a Hall of Fame coach if he just stayed with the Eagles with everything he did. Pete Carroll truly was, I'm going to get away to USC, prove it again. Then come back. And then come back. We haven't had that chance with Mike McCarthy. He missed one year. Well, and also, I would be very interested to see how is he going to split the play calling duties with this the kid that they have in there right now, Kel- Kellen Moore. Kellen yeah. Moore, mm-hmm. because is if it's what McCarthy is he certainly did, keeping him? Because I know that was part of the there's negotiations. There's a possibility that they're keeping four of the different coaches that are very well liked. One okay. of them being Kellen Moore. I, I just think it's I just think it's Ron Rivera is the coach that I think that they think they're getting. Ron Rivera gives me those vibes. Like, I look at the Carolina Panthers right now, and I go, what did you think you were going to do without Cam Newton this season? Well, let's back up. Listen, I love Ron Rivera. 
Man, I love him. He, I, I He's played the with adult. He was on the team when I when I first came to Philly. I've seen him get the best out of his players, yeah. especially the linebacker core when we were in Philly. But also in realist, he was there with eight years in Carolina. He only had three winning seasons. The other years, he had made fifteen and one, great season, didn't yep. win it. Right? He had a couple of other good seasons, but three out of eight. You're talking about winning seasons. That's not great. And again, I love Ron, and I think he's a great motivator. And quite honestly, I think he's a great hire in in Washington. Yes. I think he would be great no matter where he goes. But when I'm saying Mike McCarthy actually won a Super Bowl, and you're comparing that to a guy that won that had winning seasons three out of eight, I'm saying I would lean closer to a guy that has won a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl. Part of the team. Hold Aaron Rodgers. Let's ready. Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl. His offensive coordinator was Joe Philbin. Yeah. He goes to Miami, mm-hmm. awful. Okay. His other play caller, Daryl Bevel, yep. goes to Seattle. I don't think Daryl Bevel's a good offensive coordinator. Uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers carried that franchise on his back for so long that everyone else was seemed to be good. Every wide receiver that left didn't amount to anything. Right. Every coach that left didn't amount to anything. Well, that's what great players do. But what I'm saying is, is I don't want the coach. Is Tyrone Lewis a good coach? I believe that we don't Mar- know that, I but believe- when you have LeBron, he looks like a great coach. I believe that Marvin Lewis, I would have rather had Marvin Lewis if he didn't bring Hugh Jackson than than um, <laughs> what the guy we're talking about right now, Mike McCarthy, because Marvin Lewis kept that team afloat with Andy Dalton. That's true. And he actually drafted the guys, mm-hmm. and he knew about relating it to it. And every player that played for Marvin Lewis goes, "I love that man." Mm-hmm. I have not heard a single player say I love that man about Mike McCarthy. I haven't. And so I'm just saying I'm willing to put it out there. I don't think this is a good hire. I think the Super Bowl ring and the cachet and the fact that he beat the Cowboys in Dallas multiple times on the back of Aaron Rodgers is clouding Jerry Jones. That's just that's my doesn't mean I'm right or you're right. Let's, we'll let's, find out. You're probably wrong, but let, let's let's add this. <laughs> McCarthy, let's let me just look at his stats. He led the, the the Packers to the playoffs in nine of his thirteen seasons. Aaron Rodgers, that's an accomplishment. Listen, you, you can't separate the quarterback and the coach because if you say, well, the quarterback carried them the whole time. I think Russell Wilson's been carrying Pete Carroll for a long time too. I mean, then, then people consider Pete Carroll a really good coach. People do. They consider, yes. that. and every coach that has a great quarterback, people say, you know what? He's a really good coach because he has a great quarterback. That's every coach. But here, here's what I mean, though. Andy Reid. Did Michael Jordan carry Phil Jackson? Yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what about Kobe and Shaq? Probably a little bit. Yeah. But like, I'll look at it like this. We have great players. That helps the coach. Patrick Mahomes would be great. Andy Reid is unlocking even more for him. Uh-huh. Right? John Harbaugh has facilitated a beautiful environment for Lamar Jackson. Yes. I think it's important to see how one brings along the other. And I just felt like that Aaron Rodgers relationship was a lot more to Aaron. Well, I think that. But I'm probably overstating it a little bit. Well, I mean, listen, when you have Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in the last 20 years of football, I would expect him to carry us. Mike Shanahan complimented John Elway really well. Okay. Bringing in that zone read running offense to compliment his passing. Mm -hmm. And so I I just think it got really stale. And I think. I think it did. No, I I absolutely agree with that. So I just, I don't want to bring in, like, I know what you're saying. And I, I think it is interesting because we don't know the Dallas Cowboys locker room. And we don't know what Zeke and Dak and leaders like Demarcus Lawrence and Sean Lee were telling Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. 
because I already know that Jerry Jones definitely brought those guys in and said, let me know what you think. Right. Jason Garrett was out of it. We already get it. We knew that. It, it, that got stale. Mm-hmm. I just, we, we make jokes. Rod Rivera goes to Washington. He removes the ping pong table, right? It's it, bringing seriousness. I don't know what kind of a coach Dallas needed. I don't know if they needed the disciplinarian because I think Jason Garrett was very organized. Yeah, everyone there says he was on his p's and q's. He 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 led a, a good tight ship. It just came down to not getting over the hump. What I know for sure, the Cowboys absolutely needed is more creativity, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They have to have more creativity. And they may I'm thinking about the the guys they may lose. They may end up losing Byron Jones on the defensive side of the ball. I think he's a free agent for some reason, right? So that that's a, that would be a big concern, but offensively they need more create creativity. And if you bring back Kellen Moore, who I think at the beginning of the year started with a little bit more creativity but kind of Right. Weed this way back, and maybe McCarthy. I, again, I, I like to give coaches the retreads another opportunity because we've seen coaches that are retreads, I and mean, we mentioned earlier, Carroll and Reed and and Belichick have done very, very well. I, I think that at some point, Mike McCarthy, if he is a coach that I think that he is, he goes into his lab when, once he gets fired from Green Bay and says, "Okay, yeah. I need to retool. I need to do things differently." And this situation is completely different than Green Bay. In Green Bay, you never had a solid running back when McCarthy was there. You never, you weren't worried worried about it either because Aaron Rodgers was the man. And he, Aaron Rodgers, right? Like Zeke should hate this hire. Well, but, but think about this: Aaron Rodgers, he didn't want this offense this year to go to more balanced attack. Right, so you can't imagine what he was saying to McCarthy during that time. No, we need to throw the ball forty more times. Oh, I'm going to check out of these plays to get into more passing plays. And so, yeah, I think McCarthy certainly, as a leader of the ship, didn't hold up to his part of the bargain. But some of that has to be fallen on Aaron Rodgers as well. I will say that if I think about what Jerry might want, because we always go the opposite of what we have. Right. We leave a relationship. We typically go in a very different direction. That's true. I'm leaving an apartment in New York. I'm going to a different one. I'm going completely different. That's true. I'm going from walk up to elevator. All the things I didn't like, I need to fix. Yeah. And I think the one thing that probably got under Jerry's skin was old Clappin' Garrett. Jason Garrett, I remember I interviewed him one time, he talked about one of his biggest influences being Coach Krzyzewski. Mm-hmm. And he really talked about trying to keep a positive mindset at all times. I think the problem is, is when you're Jerry and you're angry and your coach is always clapping positivity, you want someone to get a little bit angry too. Mm-hmm. And I will give this to Mike McCarthy. Nobody yells on the sideline like Mike McCarthy. Get angry. He is a top five. You go look up, talk about like Mike McCarthy yelling at ref. I have seen him stalk refs down the sideline. It looks like his head's going to pop off of his body. Mm-hmm. So if Jerry Jones wants a fiery guy, then he found him. And I would probably guess that's part of the allure. I just think to your point, if he needed offensive creativity, he went down the wrong place. Well, it depends in my mind. If, and, and, and again, I'm taking this from McCarthy's side. From my mind, I'm saying, well, always knew you were into McCarthy. If, if he <laughs> if he wanted creativity, it depends on the 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 McCarthy that they're going to get. Is it the same guy that was there in Green Bay a couple of years and for the last what ten years and just look average? I never believe coaches when they tell me they're going to because apparently McCarthy's now into analytics. I don't believe it. I will say anything <laughs> to get a second chance. Will you? Well, no, wait, wait, but what if he believes it? All of, all of the NFL has I've gone to analytics. For, I have seen you for a decade, baby. I know exactly who you are. No, Once you I see don't. your actions, I don't need to hear your words. 
Yeah. Damn, that was that was deep. It shook him. No, it didn't shake me. It's, it's okay. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think of someone that we thought was one way, and now he's doing something different. Vin Diesel. I don't. <laughs> I don't like Vin Diesel. I just. Listen, I, we will see. But again, the version of McCarthy that we're going to get is going to tell the tape. I mean, we're not going to know that. The entire NFC East is changing their jobs. It's more wild. I heard this from Ingber today. I think it's like the first year ever that there's not an NFC East or an AFC East in the divisional round of the playoffs. Well, yeah, because the Patriots have been so good. But, yeah. Uh, let's start off with the controversy of Sunday, which was Saints and Vikings. Yeah, let's start there. Talk about the game. I know you were just watching film. Um at the same point, the entire conversation after the game was, was or was that not offensive pass interference on Kyle Rudolph? Of course. I do get frustrated with this, much like I got frustrated with the whole Carson Wentz discussion, Why? which is to deduce that game to that one play. The Vikings just drove down in overtime after leading that entire game to the one-yard line. And it's as if if that was an offensive pass interference on Kyle Rudolph, then the Saints would have won the game. That's not why people are mad. I, I just think the Saints are like, we got jobs. And I go, okay, they would have kicked the field goal. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or they would have they would have scored another play. But I, that play, I just the thing that I don't like is that Al Riveron. He, he's now done this two weeks in a row on a questionable penalty where after the game, the pool reporter asks, why didn't you review this? And he goes, oh, no, we reviewed it. We just didn't think it was enough. Yeah. And I'm going, they announced it like 25 seconds afterwards, which means you were probably watching the same replays that were on TV. It, right. that, means you didn't, that means you didn't review it. Mm -hmm. If there's some review place i need like a deep review with a lot not you watching the fox broadcast right but what did you think about that call? well I, I think um if the rule is you cannot extend your arm and push off a guy and that was a violation then that's absolutely a penalty and if i'm the saints i'm like we got jobbed again and i'm saying in the last three years of the playoffs we've lost in the last play in each of the last three years and to me, if I'm reviewing it, and my job is to, is to look at the rules and say, apply those rules to a game. And you're telling me offensive pass interference is when the receiver, tight end, extends his arm and pushes the defender away, then that's, that's case in point right there. That's, this is what you would show to the officials what pass interference, offensive pass interference looks like. So, I mean, again – a lot goes into the call, the time of the game, yeah. you know, all those different things, how the game's been officiated. And, and in fact, the thing Riveron has said, we kept it consistent to the way that we were calling things all year. But they didn't because it switched in like week 11. It was, it's dumb. They it, went it, from that, never that's calling the part that doesn't make sense. My issue is it's a scoring play. It's a game deciding scoring You play. should review it. I need you to get on the loudspeaker and say, the play is under review. We need, but the problem is, is they're like, if we do this and we come back and our ref is in the middle of the field, they're about to get destroyed in New Orleans. The irony is there. The call was incorrect. But my issue is, Saints got outplayed, yes. got outcoached, and got daddy dicked up and down the field for the entire game. And for them to go, we got screwed. You scored on like a trick play with Taysom Hill. Mm -hmm. If Taysom Hill didn't go a ball to the wall, they're do. not even in the game. Drew Brees was awful, awful. Alvin Kamara, I haven't seen him at all this year. And like I, the, the Saints got their ass kicked. 
Well, the Vikings kicked their ass. You, you said thing. One, the first thing is this: Sean Payton, who I hold as the highest esteem, one of the highest esteem as far as coaches. He got outcoached by Mike Zimmer. Period. Time. All game long, from the beginning until the end. Mike Zimmer did something that the Giants did to against Peyton, I mean, uh, uh, Tom Brady. He Really, we would call it NASCAR formation, where we have our defensive ends. We put them inside, and Everson Griffin and, and Hunter had their way. Yeah, they gave Andrew Drew Brees. Not ready. Yeah, they, 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 just, they just had their way. But listen, here's a formula to winning football games. Dominate in the trenches. And that's exactly what you saw from the Minnesota Vikings. They dominated in the trenches. They were able to run the football. And so if you're coming into the game, this is my thought process. The only way for the Vikings to win, now, and I didn't think they were going to win. Right. The only way that they were going to win was this. Run the football, get Dalvin Cook downhill against this defense. Where I didn't, I still thought the Saints defense would be able to show up, but get Dalvin Cook as many carries as you can. Then you use play action pass to get the ball deep. You're doing those carries to keep the ball away from Drew Brees, blah, 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 all that, right? Yeah. And they executed that game plan to perfection. Run the football, and then as soon as they bring one more extra guy in the box, you hit them deep. And they got outcoached, they got dominated in the trenches, and to your point about Alvin Kamara, they missed Mark Ingram. There was no more apparent than last night when you're saying, well, you know what? Where do you have that smash mouth guy? When are you going to go punch somebody in the mouth? When are you going to go be dominant? They didn't have that guy. Alvin Kamara, as good as he is, and I think he is an exceptional running back, still had over 1,200 yards of total offense this year. They need that other punch. They need that threat, that that thunder. Yeah. They have a bunch of lightning. They need that thunder. That was Mark Ingram. They haven't had him I all think yet. their thunder was Taysom Hill. Well, he is a thunder. He was the guy. But he's a trick tackle. play guy, too. And, and really, the other thing I'd say, Saints, you are now the third team to learn that Latavius Murray ain't the guy. He ain't the guy, no. He wasn't the guy in Minnesota. Nope. He wasn't the guy in Oakland. Nope. He looks the part. I'll never forget when I saw Latavius Murray in Big person, dude. and I Big said, dude. holy shit, yeah. you're built like Adrian Peterson. Don't play like him. Kamara, mm-hmm. 7 for 21. Murray, 5 for 21. Yeah. Taysom Hill, 4 for 50. Yep. Taysom Hill was the only difference maker. Now, Michael Thomas, 7 for 70. It's a typical Michael well, Thomas. They're double-teaming Michael Thomas most gonna, of the game. And Michael Thomas was great, and he's going to get open. I thought Jared Cook could have gotten the ball a little bit more, but in the game overall, Drew Brees just didn't play well. Had a costly fumble, an interception, and I think the way that we've seen these teams win, and and I think the Eagles were a a defensive lineman or two away, if you have those really disruptive defensive linemen, Mm -hmm. you can be in any game right now. No doubt about it. And that is why I'm coming around to the Vikings, because Daniil Hunter is, in my mind, the biggest physical freak in the NFL. Huge. I don't. I don't think there's anyone that has his mix of size, speed, and versatility. Um, but also, you got to give credit to Kirk. I mean, Kirk went out there, and I was never a doubter. I. I have. You been, were never a doubter. No, I've loved oh Kirk since. I think it's now three years. He went into Seattle mm-hmm. when it was still the Legion of Boom, and he drove a game-winning drive and won the game in order to get him to the playoffs in which he lost and everyone said how awful he was. I think everyone has a moment with a quarterback where you see a certain possession or a certain game and you go, I believe in this guy now. And sometimes you get you get it wrong. Right. Like, I got Mariota wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought when he beat the Chiefs, I was like, he, he caught his own touchdown. He, <laughs> he stiff-armed that guy at the end. I was like, Mariota's coming to his own. I was wrong. Right. 
But I've always thought Kirk is a very good quarterback, and he gets blamed for the other deficiencies in the team. That's true. And I, I was happy for him to get that monkey off of his back and to beat New Orleans in New Orleans. That's the part that no one believed. Because New Orleans in six of the last seven games has scored 30-plus points. They're playing at home. the best quarterback rating in that stretch of any stretch in his career. For Drew Brees to be average, below average probably in this game. And here's the other part. One of the reasons I believe you bring in Antonio Brown, just to work him out. And I don't know. I mean, you play the game with the NFL, all those things. Because you realize if the team double teams Michael Thomas – Ted Ginn, as much as I like Ted Ginn, I played with him in San Fran. He's just not going to be enough for the number two receiver. Right. You have to have Jared Cook, right? And, and there, I mean, Alvin Kamara really was the number two. He had eight catches. He had more catches yeah. than Michael Thomas. But he's just, he, he wasn't the same. He guy. wasn't the same guy. And if you don't have the run threat with Kamara, then he's just a receiver. And, and, and he's a good receiver, but what makes him special is his ability to run and catch. Yes. That's what makes him special. And so when I, when I watch the game, I'm just saying the Vikings executed their game plan perfectly. Yeah. And the Saints never changed. It was it was and listen, I, I again I think Sean Payton is a great mastermind as far as philosophy, play design, all that other stuff. They never figured out how to block the inside guys just to give Drew Brees some time to throw the ball down the field. There were so many opportunities. They had three sacks, right? Hunter, as well as Griffin, three sacks combined, a sack and a half apiece. But there were plenty of other times where they were hitting Breeze, where they were pressuring him. They didn't allow the receivers to work their way open because Mike Thomas is is, uh, is double-teamed. They're taking away their number one read, and it was – a great game plan by Zimmer and his staff. They deserve all the credit because this was a high-flying Saints team, and they didn't even, they barely got to 20. It's interesting because Zimmer has actually had a number of good successive game, successful yeah. games against Sean Payton. Uh, I'm pretty sure – I don't know if they were both on that Dallas Cowboys staff together uh, under Parcells uh-huh. because I believe Zimmer Possibly. was, and I think Sean Payton was too. Um, but Zimmer, Zimmer has always been a double-A gap blitz guy. Right. Always, but usually it's linebackers. Usually he puts Barr and he puts uh, Kendricks there yep. and creates a lot of confusion. This time it was a lot like what the Eagles did where they put Fletcher Cox on that center and just yeah. said, no, Go beat figure out a way yeah. to, to not get beaten up. But the one thing I will say is the thing that has defined the Saints in the playoffs in the last few years is the well-timed trick play. And that's how they've won a lot of games. Uh, and the games in which it doesn't happen, they typically lose. Mm-hmm. In in the Minneapolis Miracle, they tried to throw back with Willie Sneed. It was incomplete. They ended up losing that game. Yesterday, Taysom Hill throw, got him down in scoring range. Taysom Hill run, got a touchdown. But I thought when, when I got really worried for the Saints, even though they were still able to come back and tie it afterwards, mm-hmm. they went for the fake punt. And they got called false start. Yeah. And I said, that's usually where the Saints, they did it to the Eagles last year. Mm-hmm. The fake punt in which Fletcher Cox got injured. That's right. There's a there's a trick play that Sean Payton runs. And, and Sean Payton almost is an OC with a defensive coordinator's mentality. Where when a defensive coordinator knows you're weak, he blitzes you. And he attacks you. That's what Sean Payton does. And I think that he didn't get that moment to really set the tone. Yeah. Now, as all the shit I've just talked, for Drew Brees and them to manage two straight drives to tie it up was amazing. But you cannot forget the fact that they got their ass kicked for 60 minutes. Well, they got outplayed. Drew Brees got outplayed by Kirk Cousins. Zimmer outcoached Sean Payton. The Vikings defense played on a different level. 
And Dalvin Cook was healthy. And, and Dalvin showed. Cook looked great. And also, you know what? Like the fact that Dalvin Cook has missed like three or four games and came out there with 94 yards and two touchdowns. And Adam Thielen has not looked like himself at all no. and goes seven catches for 129. Yeah. There's it, something about injured guys picking up in the playoffs where my level of respect, like Zach Ertz playing with a right, lacerated kidney. Right. I'll, I'll appreciate you forever. Here's the other thing that allowed the – we talked about the game plan for the Vikings. What allowed the Vikings to stick with the run for for Cook to have 28 carries is a lack of offense early on for the Saints. Absolutely. 10 points in the first half, which is unsaint-like, allowed the Vikings to just continue to run the ball, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. Oh, we got a punt. We've already changed field position. So now Drew Brees has to go at 80 instead of 50. Time of possession at halftime – uh, this, the Vikings were at about 19 minutes, yeah. and the Saints were at 11. Uh-huh. That's like two more possessions. That's right. And then at the end of the game, it was a little bit more even, and the Saints didn't even touch the ball in overtime. It was, it, it was interesting because it was the one game where everybody felt so sure of the result. No doubt about it. And it really makes you think of two different – it makes you think of one game in particular. Saints 49ers. An mm. up and back battle mm-hmm. where George Kittle drags three Saints defenders right. in order to set up a game winning field goal. Saints win that game, they have a bye, and the Ooh. Niners are playing. Yep. They lose that game. Yep. The Saints have to play on the wild card against a feisty. And that, that's why we always say just get in the tournament. You know, the other thing is crazy, and you're right about that. Just getting into the tournament, it, it gives you, and you know, Brad Childress used to say this to us all the time, we just need a chance to have a chance. If we got that chance, who knows what happens? A feisty football team that just gets hot at the right time can can get you going. The Vikings have the ability to be able to run the football, stop the run. That That's going to help them there. Do they match up at all to the 49ers in your mind? The Vikings, they yes. do. You like that matchup a little bit? I, I it, The reason why I like them, both teams have the ability to run the football and stop the run. Now, the question is, because I, I like the Vikings linebackers. I, I like Kendricks. I like Barr. I think both of those guys can move around, make some tackles. This 49ers offense and rested, with those running backs coming with that speed out of the backfield, it's just hard to deal with. I think that they're going to get their ass kicked. With, with the Vikings? Because okay, I, I just – to go on the road and win another big-time game against a huge opponent is just hard to do that, too. There are two teams that I feel the most confident in, mm-hmm. the Niners and the Chiefs. I mean, this weekend, okay, because their coaches have shown with an extra week to prepare, yeah. they're going to expose you. Yep. And so Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid, to me, are two guys that have shown with extra time they know exactly what the... And Zimmer's the kind of guy that'll run a similar scheme. Mm-hmm. And if you try and put your best pass rushers on the interior with the Niners running game that loves to stretch you to the outside, it's going to be like they don't even exist Yeah, because they're never going to even be near the ball. But you have to have a whole different defensive game plan because you're right. Right. The, the Niners will just run you run oh. you to death from the outside. That's what I'm saying. So, like, that was – and, again, I, I think Zimmer can draw something up, but I Shanahan is one of those guys where if you give him extra time to prepare, yeah. he does it to Belichick. He could do it to anybody. The Vikings were not concerned with the Saints' ability to run the ball at all. They weren't even they weren't even thinking about it. The no. defensive linemen weren't even considering the Saints running the football. There, it's a whole different story this week against the yeah. 49ers because they will run the football. All right. Um, Saturday night. Yeah. 
something happened that you had been telling me was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And that I said, nope, I'm still believing. Yeah. I have always been believing in the Patriots. However, I should put up that clip again about how they're like, they're going to collapse. Remember we did that? Yes, we did. Yeah, I should do that. Um, your level of shock or were you rooting for the Titans? Were you happy the Patriots lost? What you was know, your emotion? You know, I, I, I wasn't shocked that they lost at all. Ah, uh, uh, there he is. <laughs> what up, Lefko? Pat Pat here calling you live from my high school shop teacher's house in Fall River. And I'm sorry, but I have to deliver some devastating, but honestly, considering the circumstances, some rather appropriate news. The rest of the AFC playoffs are hereby canceled out of respect to Thomas Edward Brady. I just, I just, the man works so hard. Oh, God, here comes the waterworks. Are, are, are you okay? Shut up, Trevor. I'm going to fight through it. Look, Trevor. I got a mean text from my ex-friend Sully in Methuen asking me if next year I'd be rooting for Brady's Chargers or Belichick's Browns. The answer mm. is neither. I'm rooting for Julian Edelman's New England Patriots, co-quarterback my Mohamed Sanu Sr., featuring Jared Stidham coming off the bench for some mm. Taysom Hill gadget plays. Look, the condolence chocolates and flowers were really nice, Westbrook, and I do appreciate the gesture, but I'll be fine. Brady just transferred his greatness to the first-place Bruins and second-place Celtics like he's friggin' Obi-Wan Kenobi Beantown. Now, if you don't mind, my cousin Paul Paul would like a quick word. Oh, yeah, my Minnesota Vikings are looking stronger than ever, don't y'all know? All right, that's enough, Paul. I'll see you on Gronk Beach in Miami, Left go. Pat, Pat, out! Man, it, it, it's, it's interesting to think about Patriots fans because... I feel like they're very grounded now because they've experienced so much success that it's a lot easier to handle when this happens. It's it's the first time where I've heard Patriots fans really going, this just wasn't the team. You know what I mean? Like, that's the number one thing. We just didn't have the horses. When when I listen to Patriots fans, they always have, like, an alternative theory. Ah, oh, Belichick planned it just like this. He wanted to lose this round so that you can motivate Tom just a little bit more. You get him some more weapons, and then he'll come win the yeah. Super Bowl next year. That's not happening. No, this is – it's an interesting time because in the past it was, we don't have the horses, but Belichick will figure it out. Right. But this Tom Brady situation with Robert Kraft saying, I either want him to come back or retire – and Tom Brady saying, I have all the power. And and Pat Pat alluded right there, he might be going to the Chargers or another team. And, you know, with Belichick and and looking around this roster and being like, what are we building around? And then acknowledging, okay, they didn't have David Andrews. They didn't have Devlin. Uh, their, their offensive line as a whole was a little bit weaker. It was... It was really the first time in a decade where I feel like instead of an excuse, which is what Saints fans have been owning for the last few mm -hmm. years, Patriots went, they just weren't as talented. Well, I and think, I think it's an honest assessment. Well, I, I think normally, well, here's the thing. I, I don't know that the Patriots were always much more talented than other teams. I think they have always had a great built-in mismatch with Gronk. I think Edelman just figured it out. And, of course, you have Belichick and Brady. And that those teams, they weren't going to make any mistakes. And because of that, they would force your team to make mistakes, and they would just capitalize, right? And so they, they were just that good at that. This team, obviously, with Tom Brady being 42, they have to be better talented at the skill position. They need better blocking with the offensive line. They need more consistent running from Sony Michelle throughout the entire season, not just towards the end of the year. I think that if you put – better game breakers, big playmakers down the field than this. Even with Tom Brady coming back at 43, this team is much better. And 
here is how they lose this football game. And I mentioned it to you about Kansas City, mentioned it to you about Houston, mentioned it to you about Baltimore. All played New England, some at home, some away, some away. And none of them were, were afraid. By anything that the New England Patriots, no, nothing that came out of that locker room for the Patriots, they weren't afraid of any of it. Right. They went into this game and they were like, you know what, I don't care. We, They're not the Patriots of old. They saw the same things that I've been telling you about. Same thing with the Titans. Mike Vrabel had that team ready to play. And what they did was very simple. And it's very similar to what the, the Vikings did. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And they said, we're going to challenge you to tackle 6'4", 250. And if you can tackle them, then, then you got a chance of winning the game. If you don't want to play tackle football with Derrick Henry, then you're going to be in trouble. We're going to hand him the football over and over and over until you stop it. And they did that to a tune of 34 carries, 182 yards. And guess what that does? That makes Ryan Tannehill only have to throw the ball 15 times in a playoff game. He had 72 passing yards. That's, I mean, it's just, it's just hard to win, to think that you're going to win a football game that way in Gillette. But if you have a running back that can control the game the way that Derrick Henry did, yeah, that makes it a bunch easier. It's, it is interesting when you see a stat line like 34 for 182. Yeah. You go, oh, he dominated. But you dominate and you scored 14 points offensively. You know, that other coming from that was the, the pick six yeah. at the end doesn't count. It was 14-13. Yep. So in essence – you're you're getting 5.4 yards a carry. You're destroying this Patriots defense, and you only put up 14 points. Yep. So that's why I don't blame the Patriots defense at all. If you want to say Derrick Henry won the game, I'll say you're wrong. What I'm going to tell you is the Patriots offense lost that game. Okay. And for me, there was one series in the second quarter that was the microcosm or was the bigger picture of what was wrong with this team. I said earlier in the year – that the biggest loss about losing Gronk was you lose your 50-50 guy. You lose your nothing's going right, I need to make a play. Mm-hmm. They thought it could have been Nikhil Harry. Right. They thought it was going to be Josh Gordon. Right. They thought it was going to be Antonio Brown. Nope. All of these guys that you know maybe he could be the guy, for some reason or another, either didn't develop, had to get kicked off the team, had to get kicked off the team. But there was one drive in the second quarter. Patriots are up 10-7. to seven. Mm-hmm. And they get down, and it is first and goal on the one-yard line. Negative one, one, negative two. Kick a field goal. I mean, in the past, the Patriots and Tom Brady in the red zone with with Edelman working that back line or lobbing it up to Gronk, having the horses, they just didn't have the guy. And so when they kicked that field goal to go up 13-7, to Belichick pretty much said, I need my defense to win this. And what's interesting is he actually made, this is actually according to Warren Sharp's website, three decisions on fourth down that cost him win probability throughout the game. There was that decision to kick that field goal. Mm-hmm. Their win probability went down 2.3%. Right. At the start of the fourth quarter, if you remember this, it was fourth and three around midfield, and they punted. That cost them 7%, and a late-game situation where it's fourth and four. I mean, this is the Patriots. I grew up on the Patriots going for it on fourth down and somehow always getting it. They punt, and that cost them 19% win probability. Because of the lack of weapons, they got tight, and they said our defense needs to win. They didn't get a block punt. Nope. They didn't get a block field goal. Nope. They didn't get a pick six. They didn't get a big fumble return. And the Titans were able to play 
tight enough and sound enough. And Derrick Henry was able to move the, 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 the lines enough and, and Vrabel used some smart clock management. Love what he did at the end. But when you look at Tom Brady and you look at the fact that on passes beyond 20 yards, he was 0 of 4. Mm-hmm. When he went 11 and 19, he was 3 of 5. You just realize he didn't have the weapons to make those plays. And also, Tom just doesn't have that arm anymore. Yeah, where there was a number of plays towards the end where he kind of did his crow hop, and you're like, this could be it. And then you see the wide receiver come into the screen late, and it bounces up mm-hmm. to him. It was a combination of Tom not being able to throw people open and guys not being able to get open, and the Titans going, all you're going to do is throw to James White and Rex Burkett. Absolutely. We can guard that. Yes. And it felt like all of Tom's passes were within, were, were within – five to seven yards of the line of scrimmage. And, and he was hoping for yards after the catch. It, it seemed like that. The Patriots had four uh, seconds. that's okay if you have the guys that to break when a they catch the ball can break it, and they just don't have they, those They don't guys. have that guy. They had four second-half drives, including the one when they're trailing 14-13. They had four minutes and 44 seconds left in the fourth quarter. All four of those drives were punts. And obviously yeah. some of them, to your point. And I just can't remember you, the you last got, time. You got to go for like, some of them. But I just – listen – this is the same thing I've been telling you all season long. The, the Patriots just don't have enough. Edelman's good. He's aging. They don't have Gronk. They don't have that deep receiver. Philip Dorsett, I don't even – he act like he didn't even play yesterday. I don't even know if he's out there. He had, no, he had one catch for six yards. So they need that deep threat. They need that mismatch. They don't have it. Gronk's a Hall of Famer. We know that. You lost a Hall of Famer. You didn't replace him. So how do you offensively think that Tom Brady is going to be that force multiplier, yeah. that elevator of, well, of no one else? It's because typically when the talent wasn't there, Brady was talented enough to make up for it. He was young enough. But now it's the mix of right. Brady doesn't have that overcoming talent. I still think he's a, a good quarterback. I still think I'd take him over 20 Would you Would you bring him back? If I was the Patriots, yes. But I think the question is, will Tom Brady want to come back? Because if I'm Tom Brady and I look at free agency and I don't see you bringing in any weapons and you don't do what my master plan is to trade for Odell. But you have to bring in weapons. Because if you're Belichick, you saw this. That's why you brought in Antonio Brown. So so you want to bring in weapons. All right, so let's do this from Belichick's standpoint. Brady is not taking a discount anymore. As he shouldn't. I need more money, which is going to prevent you, Mr. Bill Belichick, Mm -hmm. from spending more money in free agency. But we just saw your defense carry us for about 12 games to like an 11-1 record, Mm -hmm. and then the offense be a liability. And if he wants more money, you can't afford to do this. If you're Bill Belichick, are you wanting Tom Brady back? Reminder, you tried to get rid of him three years ago. Reminder, who's your backup? Exactly. Jared Stidham. Yes, that's my point. Ingber loves Jared Stidham. Ingber should stop. Listen, it's you, 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 don't, you don't have a backup. You just don't. And if you don't have a secession plan, you can't get rid of the guy that's the, your, your starter. You just can't, right? Succession, sorry. All right, so You just can't get rid of him. So if you're the Patriots, you're bringing him back no matter what. Listen, no matter who you bring in. Well, Robert Kraft is bringing him back. Well, let me tell you this. He ain't letting Tommy go. Let's say you get a rookie, right? Even if you get Stedham. Let's say he's your starter. You still got to put weapons around him. So why not keep Tom Brady, who you know, known commodity, know what you're going to do with him, and leave him in there because you're going to have to bring some weapons in anyway. All right, now you're Tom Brady. 
What are you doing? Can I ask, like the interesting thing about Tom Brady is everyone says he wants to go somewhere else. I think you need to look around the league and go, who wants to take him right now? So let's start in his division. Yep. Let's cross out names. Okay. Bills. No. No. Jets. No. Dolphins. No. Maybe. No way. Brian Flores. He likes his weapons down there. It's Miami. He likes those weapons down there. Well, does Tom? Well, here we, before we even go there, we have to ask the question: Would Tom does, Brady go there? Probably. Would Tom Brady go to a team no. that's not ready to win? Okay, so we'll eliminate them out of there. Baltimore, he can't go there. Cincinnati, can't win. Okay, uh, Cleveland, they're not going to do that. They're not moving on from the top. They can't. Yeah, they can't get rid of. Okay. Pittsburgh, Ben's coming back. Ben's coming back. Deshaun Watson in Houston, yep. um, Indianapolis. That's an interesting one. Um, Wow, I never thought about that. I, that would be, hold that's, on, hold that's on, interesting. On. I almost want to hear what. Can you imagine if Tom Brady went to the Colts, the team that yeah. Patriots fans? He wouldn't do most? that. He wouldn't do that because Peyton's Peyton's ghost is still there. But I, I, and I'll ask you this question: they, They're not bringing oh. Ebron back to the Colts. What, what other weapons? Ty Hilton. Yeah, they they don't have a bunch Harris of weapons. Campbell, uh, Jacksonville. No. No, they have already too much money locked no. up to Nick Foles with yeah. Gardner Minshew. Tennessee, looks like they're going to keep they'll, they'll Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Denver, Drew Locke is the future. Drew Kansas Locke. City, no. Yep. Uh, Derek Carr in Oakland. No, nope, he won't play for Las Vegas. Gruden. No. I don't think they're close enough, nope. but I think Tom Brady and John Gruden would the, knock out. There's only one answer in the AFC. Chargers. The Chargers. And I think the Chargers I think are, that I think The that, question is, is like he's not going to go there to play with Anthony Lynn. Like you what other so? what other offensive coach can they bring in? I don't know the answer to that, but I think that. But I would say, if you love the weapons, if you're looking for the perfect offense for Tom Brady, it's an offense that has running backs that you can throw checkdowns to, yes, a tight end that can roam the middle, yes, and wide receivers that can create separation. And can go get it, Austin Eckler. Even if Melvin Gordon leaves, uh-huh. Austin Eckler is like James White in his perfect. prime. He's perfect. Yeah. Keenan Allen yep. can cut up anybody, and then Mike Williams can be your lob ball. That's right. Hunter Henry across the middle. The only issue there is offensive line because it has been rough as of late. Well, the organization is an issue, too. That's, and you're going from one of the best-run organizations with your best a coach. major city in L.A. Into L.A. And that doesn't have the same fan base. But if you're L.A., you're saying, I can make a splash. I'll tell you what, that fan base would come alive. I, I think you can make a splash with Tom Brady. Absolutely. The question is... After 19 years in the same place where you know you're the 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 valet guy and all you're, you're the comforts of being in the same place, do you want to go take a risk without Josh McDaniels? I mean, and I, he's contributed something. He's contributed something to Tom Brady's excellence. Bill Belichick, obviously, there's some contribution there. Right? Are you willing to shake that boat, or are you saying, you know what? Let's run this back. Let me get another weapon because if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Tom. I'm saying, listen. I'm going to get you a go. I'm going to get you a weapon. Nikhil Harry, let's just say, Nikhil Harry, we have some faith in him. He's going to get better from his first year to his second year. We'll get you another weapon. And now we'll increase the offensive line. You, they won't have the same amount of injuries. You have award-winning defense. And we're right back at it. Over each, every other year from 2014 to now, they've won the Super Bowl. Period. They lost this year in a, in a dramatic fashion, losing in the first round, having to play in the first round in the first time in the last 20 years, whatever it is. Now they retool. They got the chip back on their shoulder, which they love having. And now you figure a way out. Is what the argument I would make. And let's go out this thing together. The biggest question is, to your point, he ain't taking a hometown discount. No. And I think to what you're saying is, Robert Kraft is going to say that to Tom Brady. Of course. The meeting that I want to be in 
is the post-mortem between Belichick and Brady. Because Belichick, as one of the greatest coaches of all time, is a lot like Bill Walsh. He wants to get rid of you two years before Before. you're officially up. And so I don't see Belichick sitting there and brown-nosing Brady to come back. You don't. I do not. I just don't think Belichick – I think Belichick's going to sit there and go, Tom, you're not what you were. You're not worth that anymore. I don't think – I think a lot of people think Bill Belichick is just as blunt – God is going to come out and just tell you how it is. And I don't, I don't think that's the truth. I think that he has to be that way in front of the team. So let's but when this. you're dealing with the GOAT, it's a different story. So Bill will be Bill. But maybe we're going to get a different energy from Tom. Mm. Does Tom walk in that room more defiant? No doubt about does it. Does Tom go in there and go, we need to fix this? Absolutely. Or does he go, you need to fix well, this? Well, no, no. Tom said some things during the season like, hey, I'm mad because we got rid of Antonio Brown. He understood what was going on. He saw it very, very clearly. So it wasn't – he didn't follow the old Patriot way. And I hope Belichick goes, he's being accused of rape, Tom. We had to let him go. And he's losing his fucking mind, and he's recording rap videos where he says one line for a minute and 57. He's a rapper. I got money. He's not a rapper. He's a rapper. You make a video, you sing a song, you put the chains on, have your chest out, you're a rapper. You're a rapper. He's a rapper. Next week, Brian Westbrook, chains on, shirt off. Chains on, shirt off. I looked at the NFC. No team in the NFC East. The two other teams, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, the rookies. The only team in the NFC North, because Matt Stafford's coming back next year, is Chicago. I just, they've already come out and said it, Mitchell Trubisky. NFC South, we'll see what happens with Cam Newton, but I don't see Tom Brady going to Carolina, and every team in the NFC West has a quarterback of the future, one they've already So he's back in New England. It's New England or Or LA LA for me. It's New England, LA, or Miami. I just, Miami has, or Indy. I don't think that's going to happen. Let me ask you this. Let's say you're LA, right? And I don't think, I think uh, the Chargers are the only choice. You've watched Tom this season. Are you saying that's the guy that's going to help us win right now? LA is going. Remember when we went to Foxborough and we led the league in sacks and we just stopped Lamar Jackson and we were like, we could beat Tom Brady and they hung up 48 on us and he didn't throw a single ball past five yards because it was all James White dump offs. Yeah, because your defense. Like you said. Yeah. He's the GOAT. He is the GOAT. And when you're the GOAT, it changes everything. He's the GOAT. So. Which, where do you think he ends up next year? Do you think he stays in New England? Stays in New England. I don't think Robert's letting him leave. What, what, if you're Robert Kraft, I mean, just imagine where the organization was at 20 years ago. Pre-Tom Brady. This is the same deal with, with Mara and Eli. You never— They're you, too obsessed with each other you to don't, let leave. Well, think about this. You kick Tom Brady out now. So this is what happened with organizations. You have a great player. It's not really kicking him out. It would be oh. Tom saying, I don't want to be here. Maybe. Let's just say that there's, they, they, they part ways. When you have an organization, you always have your GOAT come back all the time because you want to have Brian great Dawkins. relationship. Brian Dawkins comes back a little bit. He, he had a job with the Eagles. I, I meant to play. I, I just thought Tom Brady was going to do some Joe Montana, Kansas City shit. No. Anyway, well, sorry maybe, but, but my point is that you always bring him back. You don't want bad blood with him. You allow the greatest of all time to walk off the field whenever he's ready. And if that's 45, we're having a conversation like, hey, Tom, yeah. this ain't it, then then that's what it is. You don't put him out off your team. It's it's interesting because I keep going back to this offseason, the Patriots lost a lot of receivers and weapons. Mm-hmm. And they tried to go out and get Adam Humphreys. And they put a lot into, I think, believing in Josh Gordon. 
Didn't they? Didn't they have? Uh, they had Adam Humphries and Adam Austin Safarian Jenkins too. Didn't they add him? Yeah, but then he they got think, hurt. No, I think he retired like four, okay. or he like left Maybe four days. So, later. Something happened. That might have been Jared Valdir. Yeah, but you know, I remember there was a point of the season where. Uh, when they signed Antonio Brown, people were tweeting out their weapons. And they're like, oh, man, look at all these weapons. And, um, you know, Jacoby Myers and Philip Dorsett. All I mean, they guys. tried to get Muhammad Sanu. And he just didn't. I mean, he had one catch for 11 yards. And so an amazing stiff arm. They knew. Do you know that Muhammad Sanu can throw at 71 and a half yards? I do. I remember when Muhammad Sanu came out of Rutgers. I remember that. He, we were represented by the same agent. Really? And I wanted Andy to get him because we were looking for receivers at the he's time. He's a really good guy. Yeah, he's, he's solid. Yeah. Um, all right. But, but at that point, when you're talking about you trade a second-round draft pick for someone that I, I don't know, he just he didn't produce very much. I don't have the numbers in front of me. He he didn't have a great season. No. And so that that's how desperate the Patriots were. They know. They know that they need weapons offensively. I know. And Julian Edelman is not getting any younger. It's interesting because – Belichick has always been able to let people go and the backups overperform or yeah. you didn't realize that fifth round pick was going to develop. And now it's like, we need to see really active and free agent Belichick. And I think about him missing out on Adam Humphreys and some other weapons. And I think about that image that everyone shared this off season in which Belichick was sitting on the dock with his shirt off, mm-hmm. just kind of chill. And they said it was the start of free agency. And everybody was saying, oh, wow, Belichick doesn't need free agents. Or everyone's signing free agents. And Belichick's like, I'm just going to win out of the Super Bowl. Yeah. And as he was chilling, they didn't bring in any weapons. Mm-hmm. And it cost them. Mm-hmm. So I am very curious to see what happens. Titans are going to Baltimore. Yes. Titans, I think, right now, as a sixth seed, are one of the scarier six seeds we've seen. Okay. Derrick Henry is a force. Mm-hmm. This A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill connection other than against the Patriots and Stephon Gilmore, has been really good. It's an offensive line that's built really strong to run. It's a strong running defense. How do you think they can fare against Baltimore coming off of a bye? Well, this is the score. So it was uh, 14-13 at halftime, right? Uh, The Patriots versus the Titans. I I think the Titans were able to continue to run the football because the score was close. And you mentioned it earlier, the score is close. I, I just think that the Ravens have the ability to put up 21, 28 points in the first half. And that changes the game plan for the Titans. Yeah. And, and I, I think the Titans' defense obviously complements the run game, and they, they play well that way. But if now you're saying we can't run as much, Derrick Henry, his usefulness is put to the side, and now Ryan Tannehill has to go win you a football game against a secondary that I think has probably played the best in, in the second half of the year. And I know that the, yeah. the, the, the Chiefs secondary and defense has played really, really well. But as far as just the secondary, they got some ball hawks back there. And so Ryan Tannehill versus Humphrey and, 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 and uh, all the rest of the guys and Earl Thomas and Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters, I, I think that's a tough test for him. And, again, in, the fo- in football, OTAs, it ratchets it up to – to uh, training camp. After training camp, it ratchets it up to to preseason, then regular season, then the playoffs. And every round, it goes a little bit higher. And having that experience, and obviously uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't have that playoff type experience in this round, but I think everyone else on that team does. And I just think it's just a hard time. I see a hard time for the Titans going into Baltimore to just run it up against a team that's well-rested. 
in the Baltimore Ravens. That is the key, because when you look at Baltimore's losses and or close games, close game to the Niners, they allowed 174 rushing yards. Yeah. Uh, Houston, uh, they beat the crap out of. But, like, Cincinnati ran for 157. Cleveland had that 193 game. I think it's an interesting matchup that Lamar is going to have to win with his arm. You can throw on the Titans. Tom wasn't able to make the throws. I think it's going to have to be a little bit Lamar. The question is, is how much juice, like you said, and I agree with you, does Derrick Henry have in the tank to go 200 and something yards in week 17, 180 yards in wild card with like 30. He had a career high in carries in week 17 Mm -hmm. and then almost matched it in the wild card. To be exhausted against this Baltimore team, in which Lamar Jackson has already come out and said, I know I'm winning the MVP, my Heisman is still in the box, and I only care about Lombardi. Ingbert challenged and said it sounds like bullshit. I believe Lamar Jackson to a T, and I believe this Ravens team is super focused. I think it'll be a tough matchup. I think a lot of it's going to be on Tannehill, too. I also think the Ravens, listen, I, I, I believe that the Patriots defense was good. I don't think they were nasty. When I think about the Ravens defense, I think of a nasty bunch of dudes. And that's a difference. And, again, I, I have all the respect in the world for Derrick Henry, the way he runs, yeah. his style. But playing against nasty players is a little bit different. And, and I'm not saying nasty, like they're cheap shot and no, stuff no, no. like this. It's just the, the attitude, the mindset, the way that they look, the way that they act. They're a different type of ball club than the Patriots in that way. The interesting thing for me is going to be – Defensive coordinator of the Titans is Dean Pease, mm-hmm. who was a defensive coordinator for like eight years for the Baltimore Ravens. Granted, those were Joe Flacco years, the whole Lamar Jackson yeah. years. But when you know personnel, it does give you a little bit of an upper hand of what they're weak against right. and how you can attack them. So I am curious about how that's going to play out. But it is a little bit of an advantage, but I'm happy that it is – I think this is a really exciting matchup to watch. I think it's a good matchup because Tennessee has has surprised some people. I don't know that I was surprised by this game last week, but the way that they played towards the last quarter of the season to this first game of the playoffs has been impressive. I, 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 I haven't seen a team defensively figure out what the Ravens are doing. They, they, haven't, they haven't figured out the ball handling. They haven't figured out what the defensive end should do. What's his principles? Yeah. Should he chase the guy, the, 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 the dive guy, or should he wait for the quarterback? Are they going to hit Lamar? Can they catch him? There's no team in the league that has caught up to it. No team in the league has a linebacker to, to, to face him. The, the biggest and the closest matchup I thought was the San Fran defense, where I thought they had a great D-line. They'll be able to figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. And no one on that defense figured it out. They didn't, couldn't figure out who had the football. And so I just – I wonder how fresh Lamar Jackson can be. We've seen how fast he was, especially yeah. early in the year, and really he continued that throughout the season. A week off, really two weeks off because uh, he didn't play in that Week 17 matchup. I, it's just – it's hard for me to think that that's going to change. And it's going to be the only game this week with two wide receivers at quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is a wide receiver, <laughs> and Bill Polian thinks that Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver. Did, did Bill Polian – who voted for the uh, – Three people did not vote for Lamar Jackson to make the All-Pro all pro. team. They voted for Russell Wilson, who is very, very good. You can make an argument. Uh, all three of those people work for Sirius Radio, mm-hmm. and apparently Russell Wilson does a lot of appearances. Oh. Uh, but uh, it's – Money decision. It's a ridiculous trolling job yeah. for Bill Polian. And uh, not to go off, off – uh, rails here, but 
just because you were a good GM in the 1990s, mm -hmm. it's 2020. Things change. And I think the one thing that always frustrates me about working in this uh, field is just because you've done something before doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. And I think that's pretty evident with a number of people out there. But that game will be a lot of fun. All right. Texans, Bills. Uh, Josh Allen was making – I was loving it early. They're up 16 nothing. They're feeling good. And then a little bit of erratic play uh, towards the end where he had some fumbles yeah. and, and some bad plays. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson put on the cape, mm -hmm. put the S on his chest, yep. and that play in overtime. That's what I watched on Sunday morning. I just – put that play on again and again where he gets sandwiched yep. with like Matt Milano and bounces off Figures and rolls out. out and makes that throw. And the running back or, um, is able to, uh, is able to like go for like 30, 40 yeah. yards. Who was that? The running back 34. Oh my goodness. It was just incredible. Jones, Taiwan Jones. It was talk about a quarterback carrying your coach. Yeah. That's what I saw. And, and Deshaun Watson to me is, is, look, I am rooting for this AFC championship to be Chiefs-Ravens. Mm -hmm. I want it to be Mahomes-Lamar. I want it to be the, the next decade. I want Mahomes and Lamar to be the next Brady and Manning. Mm -hmm. I think that would be incredible. Shout out to Kansas City Chiefs fan Cam Lauder said it to me earlier because I agree with it. That's the championship game I want. But I feel like Mahomes and Watson – because they were in the same draft, it's like Federer and Nadal right. and Lamar's Djokovic. Right. And that's the era we're in, where those three uh, quarterbacks are the young guns of the NFL that for the next 10 years, one of them is going to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And and Deshaun Watson is at that class. And it's it's interesting to me where I'm not sure if you've ever been around players that are like this, where they can struggle for two quarters and they get excited. And that they say things like, it's all on me now. And they actually seem more calm in the pocket. Like, have you been around guys that they actually like coming back more? Because Deshaun Watson seems to play better when he's down. He feels like he plays, I wouldn't say with the reckless abandon, but it's more like, now I could just be me and I just go can go save the day. Yes. And we've watched him play that way for a couple of times, a couple of years here, really. But I, 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 let, let me go back to Josh Allen. Great first half of football, really almost a great three quarters of football. And then the experience right. factor yes. came into play. And it was big. He made some inexperienced plays. And he was making plays with his legs. He was making some great throws with his arm. Then he allowed some, you know, the game get tighter and yeah. things get a little bit tighter. And Sean McDermott came out and said Josh Allen tried to make too many plays. Too many plays. He tried to do too much instead of saying, yeah. I'm just going to get the ball like out of my hand. Even that great run in the end of the fourth quarter or right. overtime where he ran for 30 yards and said, I'm going to lob this to yeah, Dawson. Just, it's like, this is the playoffs. Calm down. No need. We don't need to do this don't right need now. to do that. But, you know, I, I like the way – first of all, I, I like Sean McDermott a lot. Yeah. And I think he made – one mistake, it didn't kill them. The little four from 27 when you go for it, I, I don't know that that's a great idea. I would probably kick the 60-yard field goal. They still were able to make up for it. But I, I just – I think the Bills are probably a couple playmakers away from oh. being able to to really compete with teams like this. But listen, they were in the game their entire time. It comes, playoffs come down to quarterbacks at some point. Who's the better quarterback? Who's going to play better at the right time? 
Deshaun Watson played better yesterday at the most yes. opportune time, the best time in the game, the third and fourth quarter, as well as into overtime. He made the plays that counted in that, – that's as simple as that. That's why they won a dog on football game. If you're up 13 to nothing – yeah, and at the end of the game, I look, and your quarterback has thrown fifty-two times. Mm-hmm. You've got a problem. You've got a problem because you're not able to generate enough running game to really waste the clock. That's down. right. Uh, I thought it was interesting to watch Duke Williams have a big game. This is a guy that was like a top five recruit out of high school. Mm -hmm. So he's a phenomenal athlete, uh, a late round pick that another wide receiver in this draft that is end up being an amazing wide receiver draft with Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and Debo Samuel uh, and JJ Ortega Whiteside shooting that. But um, Devin, like I look at this Bills team towards the future. Devin Singletary is a piece. He's a good piece. He made some big plays. Uh, John Brown is not a number one. No. Cole Beasley is not a number one. Nope. Dawson Knox could be a tight end of the future. Potentially. I saw some plays. Remember, he's a rookie too. The Ole Miss last year. They had some ballers. Had DK Metcalf, yep. AJ Brown, and Dawson Knox. Uh-huh. They had some ballers. They're a good team. No, their coach got fired. Yeah. But I looked at the Bills team also, and there's a reason they're the team that tried to trade for Antonio Brown. That's right. They still need that extra weapon. They need another weapon. And it's interesting because he goes from his rookie year having all tall wide receivers that have no speed mm-hmm. to his second year having all short receivers that that have no size. And the thing I look at Josh Allen is he needs to learn to be less reckless. The scary thing is, though, is all the people that I trust from a draft evaluation standpoint say that was his issue in college. But that's how he plays. But that was that's your point. That's, that's exactly what we say how he plays. Jameis too. But well, not not just Jameis is reckless with the football as far as throwing it all over the place. I think Josh Allen's not that. that it's hard to be that reckless. Yeah. But I I feel like also JJ Watt. That's a huge. He had a key sack. Looked like he was wearing a gold jacket. He had a key sack. For J.J. Watt to have a torn peck and come back in that game and from, like, the third quarter on be in Josh Allen's grill on almost every drop back, like, people don't realize that that J.J. Watt is not just a Hall of Famer. J.J. Watt, like, if you're doing, like, all-time defensive team, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's definitely on it, but I'm saying you're, you're, you're having a discussion about what he's done. Like that's how good JJ Watt is. A bunch of, I mean, listen, they 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 had a bunch of he had a he had a sack. Then they had a bunch of unanswered points after that. He had a number of plays where he hit Josh Allen's arm as he was throwing yes. the ball. Uh, do you think the Texans can keep this going? I mean, they already went into Kansas City last to this season and won. Mm-hmm. I personally think that that the fact that Andy Reid has already seen you and and what you have is a huge advantage for Andy in the bye. And also, don't forget, Kansas City didn't have Chris Jones in that game. They didn't have their left tackle in that game. That was in the that was uh, Tyreek Hill's first game back. Right. If there's one game in which I think there's going to be a blowout, it's that game. Andy with the bye. And again, I don't have the stats in front of me, but with the bye, I'll tell you, I'll find he you. is almost perfect. I mean, as perfect as a coach can be, he get he but he's a great uh, preparation type of coach. He's going to have their mindset ready, and 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 despite all of that, you're going to have have to go into a place in Kansas City that's one of the loudest loudest stadiums in the NFL. Period. The sea of red is crazy during a regular season game. I can't imagine what it looks like during the playoffs, and you're going to have to do it again. The, the advantage of having that week off is the team that wins, that comes to your house, they have to do it again. And as much as an emotional win it was for Deshaun Watson, they got to calm back down, get back to work, 
beat up a little bit, and then go do it again against one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL. It's just hard to do that two weeks in a row. In the regular season, after a bye, Andy Reid is 17-3. and three. Hard to beat that. In the playoffs, after a bye, he is 5-0. and oh. That means with an extra week to prepare, mm-hmm. not including the week leading up to the Super Bowl, right? man is 22-3. and three. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like... I said it last week that Sean McDermott to Bill O'Brien was the biggest coaching gap, uh, and Josh Allen's play kind of neutralized that. Patrick Mahomes, like, okay, so you know that I know a bunch of the guys on the Chiefs. Right, right, right. Bro. What are you saying? Like, they're they're still motivated after the Patriots game last year. They're still mad. And they're still heated about the Chris Jones penalty, mm-hmm. and they're still heated about the D Ford penalty because they're like, bro, we would have gone in there and smoked the Rams. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that I love what they did in the offseason. I think this is a team that a lot of people think their defense sucks, but you don't know how much better they are with Chris Jones. And Tyron Matthew on the back Huge. is the game is playmaker. the playmaker to get things done. Mm-hmm. I, I At the same point, my dream scenario in this game, Chiefs get a big lead because I like seeing Deshaun Watson play from behind. But if I get Mahomes and Watson and the next week Mahomes and Lamar, I'm happy. The difference between this week is if Watson gets down, the Chiefs can keep pouring it on. Yeah, They have the ability to keep yeah, scoring. Yeah. That, that's the biggest difference. But yes. I, I, listen, quarterback matchups in the playoffs or, or what the playoffs have been made upon. Peyton... In, in, against uh, Manning. Yeah. I mean, Peyton versus Brady. I mean, that, that's what the playoffs matchups are are made of. I, I'm excited. I mean, I was excited this weekend. Even though Saturday was kind of like, eh, the Bills and yeah. the dog on Texans. This weekend was good football. Look, it was all, good football. All the quarterbacks that won are really good and really mobile. That's right. Sean Watson can escape. Ryan Tannehill can escape. You have to have Russell a Wilson can, exp- have can escape. Have to have. Kirk, Kirk Cousins has got a little bit of wins. He's got more wins than Drew Brees. And the old guys got eliminated. That's right. Drew Brees, gone. Tom Brady, gone. Does Drew Brees retire? Josh McCown, gone. <laughs> Josh McCown. Eagles. Let me answer, answer that. Does Drew Brees retire? No. He comes back. No way. Drew Brees Fights and Tom again? Brady are going to have to die. Then like, that's when re- that means Teddy Bridgewater leaves and go gets paid. But where? We just went through all the teams. If you're not signing Tom Brady, but, but te- the Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have the same dilemma as Teddy, far as going right. to going to a place that has to be a winner right away. Teddy he goes should, to Miami. That's where he should go because that's where he's from. Boom. Teddy goes to Miami. And Twenty, Mister Miami. Twenty nine million a year. Went to no, and then you pay me. We already said it's twenty five, right? No, it was twenty three and a half. It was not twenty three and a half. Was no, because you said thirty, and I said. It's either 27 or 25. I'll what? play the David Eagles. It's like 25. Um, 27. Eagles. 23. You were at the game. Yes. Uh, the energy in there compared to other playoffs that you've played in. I think the energy was high early on. Energy was high. I think everything was going in the right direction. Everyone was excited. And then the Carson play happened. And everyone's like, Oh crap! Because you got you got to understand the dynamic of what's going on with this season. You're without Alshon. You're without Deshaun Jackson. You're without Nelson Aguilar. So three of your starting receivers are done. They've been gone for a long time. You're without Lane Johnson. You're without Brandon Brooks. So your Pro Bowl right side of your offensive line gone. You at this point are now playing with Carson. 
oh, Zach Ertz, he's coming back miraculously from a broken ribs and a lacerated kidney, which I'm going to tell you right now, I've had broken ribs, never the lacerated kidney. There's no way that you should be able to play. Zach Ertz, the question of his durability, not even durability, his toughness. Yeah, he skyrocketed up my ranks. It, 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 it was help. But with all those things and going just, wrong. And you only named offensive energy. Yeah, that's just offense. You're not you're not saying Timmy Jernigan missing most of the I haven't year. even mentioned Malik the defense. Jackson nope. losing the first I haven't game. even mentioned the defense. Yeah. Haven't touched it. So that's just offense. With all those things being said, we found a way to win the last four games of the season, albeit against a weak NFC East division, right? No matter what. Through that time, Carson emerged as a leader. He emerged as a guy that can carry a football team in a bunch of those football games. And so when you lose that guy and you say everything around him is weak because of the injuries, and now Josh McCown is your quarterback who, again, I mentioned this earlier, he was in one of the the, the all-star games with me. He was my roommate. So we got drafted the same year. Wait, so you guys got drafted. And how long have you been retired? Ten years. You've been retired for 10 years. Yes. And you played in a college all-star game. Yes. With Josh McCown. You got drafted the same year. And he's out there running around. Josh McCown. He was sitting here already inducted into yes. the Eagles Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And you're watching that dude run around. Josh what McCown. What's like for you? Well, it makes me feel <laughs> like, hey, maybe you had a couple more years left, which I obviously didn't. But it also makes you think like, wow, um, this guy, that's body probably doesn't feel as bad as mine, but he's out there playing right now. And who knows what that feels like because you're saying you're coming off the bench cold. After, after Carson was able to complete 16 weeks playing healthy, if you're Josh McCown, you're like, well, I don't have to worry about anything else. And not that you slack off. It's the playoffs. But you're saying Carson is good now. He hasn't completed a full season in, in ever, and he's good now. But obviously he, he wasn't. And, and, and to that point, McCown played pretty decent I think- as well as I think he could have. I I am so proud of Josh McCown. Proud. Proud He's Papa. 40 years old. Yes. Out there at one point was 13 of 16. Yep. Engineered a bunch of drives. Mm-hmm. I thought Collinsworth made a great point that going between the 20s as a backup is not hard. It's when you get to the red zone and there's a lot more plays in the red zone. That's right. That's where it gets a little bit stagnant. Mm-hmm. I thought if he, if Miles Sanders catches that ball that was behind him on fourth down, I think he scores a touchdown. And all of a sudden, we're talking about two-point conversion with five minutes left. Different game. The fact that there was like seven guys that were either on the practice squad or not on the roster that were playing pivotal roles is insane. Greg Ward, Robert Davis, Boston Scott, Josh Perkins, Deontay Burnett, and the one that made me yell in my apartment. Shelton Gibson. Shelton Gibson was a fifth-round pick out of West Virginia Mm -hmm. that caught a deep bomb in a preseason game from Nate Sudfeld. And everyone went, he can be our deep threat. And couldn't play for two years. Couldn't even get on the field. We sign him this week. And they throw him in there to get a huge defensive pass interference. I was like, this is the greatest preseason game I've ever seen. I mean, <laughs> And the, the right side of their line is, is Pryor and Vitae. Right. You don't even have the two best, the two best players on the team are um, Lane, Lane and, and Brandon, and Brandon Brooks. Brooks. They're the two best players. Yes. The only thing that I'm frustrated about is that I wanted Carson to show everybody what he was capable of. I never thought this team could win the Super Bowl in 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 what in this last stretch. 
even though I was excited they made the playoffs, I never thought once with the wins over the Giants and Washington that, right. that they were going to go to the Super Bowl. On their way, right. But I thought the Saint, the Seahawks were the one team that we could beat in the wild card. And then when the Vikings beat the Saints, I thought the Packers, we've already Perfect. gone to Green Bay and right. beaten them. It was like, how much longer can this crazy dream go that I just wanted Carson to just throw it in people's faces. And it was annoying to see people calling him injury prone. Yeah. It was annoying to see people as though an ACL tear and a concussion are related. And I'm curious, where do you stand on that? Because I, I think that when you have a dirty play, and you know what, Clowney, I'm not going to call you a dirty player. I'm not. I don't think that that is definitive of him. I do think it was a very bang-bang play. At the same point, that was a dirty hit. Was it? When you dive head first with the crown of your helmet into someone that's already horizontal, it's a dirty play. And when you bang his head off the turf... But to act like, oh, I don't know, Carson Wentz is frail, I just, I don't see it. Well, well, first of all, I don't think it was a dirty play. I think that if I'm a defender, how else am I supposed to get a guy down that's already kind of he diving? He was already diving. Yeah, and, he, and as a quarterback, you're still in play at that point because you're a runner. Well, no, after the Carson Wentz play against the Rams when he dove and tore his ACL, and then remember he dove and he said, oh, he's giving himself up right. against the Falcons right. earlier Early this year. Early this season, I've seen that. So yeah. by that rule, it, that means which, that yesterday is, he was giving himself up. Which is weird. They didn't call it that way. But I mean, to your point, they, they did say that whether you're sliding feet first or diving, you're giving yourself up. But at the, the, I think the true point for that play, Clowney was already extending to the tackles. I, I just don't think it was a dirty play. I think it was unfortunate. I think that for, for Carson um, to, to get hit in the back of the head, obviously unfortunate. I, I think if you keep injuring the same ACL That's or your ankle – then people can absolutely say you're probably your lower extremities may not be fit to play this game and you may be injury. If your injury can be described as chronic, right, then we have an issue. I don't know that Carson is is injury prone. Now, this is what the naysayers would say. Was he able to play in the playoffs in 17? No. What about 18? No. What about 19? Yeah, but he, he couldn't play the whole game. That, that's what they're saying. They're, they're, they would say, well, he wasn't available for your team in the most important time of the year. Whether that means injury prone or just not available. Whatever that is, he hasn't been able to do that. That's what they would say. And I think, and, and obviously that's true. Those are facts. He hasn't been available. Now, um, I think for him to play the entire season, 16 games without injury at all. What happened this year? I think that's a major step in the right direction for Carson Wentz. Yeah, they're just, it's just, for me, the issue is they keep cha- moving the goalposts back. Oh, let's see if he ever plays a full 16 games. He does it. Yeah. Like, the fact that in the first the, the first quarter, he gets speared and his head bangs off the turf. Yeah, I, I don't think, I, I think that's a freak injury. My it is. I, I think it's a free injury. But I, I don't know that. I, I think, listen. Shit, dude, I'm in my apartment texting people going, how bad of a take is it <clears throat> if <clears throat> if a player wants to come back in the playoffs and sign a waiver yeah. and, like, kind of come in? I was like, but I can't tell another right, right, person right. to do that. Of course you can't do that. But, I, you but, know, but they're acting as though he wasn't 
tough enough to come back. No, no. As no. though it was weak or something. Like it was his choice. When, when he when he got up from that hip, he was woozy there. I think yeah. he I think he ran another play. He did. He, he was just he wasn't right. You can see that. <gasps> Even when he was locked walking to the locker room, you can tell he's not right. I I remember my I don't know if it's the first documented concussion. I got hit right like right behind your ear. When they call that the sleep center. Mm. And so when I got hit, it was a Monday night game. I was knocked out. I was on the ground snoring. Sleep. And and in fact, <gasps> it was some of the best sleep that I've ever had. Like, I mean, you're, you're and, and Carson got hit close to that Very, same area. He got hit more in his back. Yeah. And his head bounced. And it bounced. I, I just, listen, concussions are nothing to play with. So we, we, we know how serious they are. I, I don't believe getting concussion, getting a concussion is an indictment on Carson. I also don't think that makes you injury prone. Now, if you get four or five more concussions, then the question is maybe the concussions will make you injury prone. And now you have to worry about that. Um, but I, I think Carson is, is as tough as he comes. I also think that if he could play, he would have, there's no doubt in my mind, he would have played. So I, I'm not even concerned about that. Do the I, Eagles win that game? If he plays, um, I no. I, 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 I had the Seahawks in the game. And, and the reason is I think the Seahawks do just enough to win a game. I mean, they cruise, and they're going to run it, they're going to run it, they're going to run it. And then if they need to go deep, they'll they'll go deep again. If the, the Eagles have scored 20, they'll try to keep going deep, which was a, a fault of the Eagles. They couldn't cover anyone. So I, I don't know that they win with Carson in, in that football game. In a weird way, I feel a lot more content with Carson being hurt and them losing this way. Because if they would have lost and he was healthy, it would have been like, man, they just weren't good enough. Right, right. In a weird way, it softens the blow because it's like, wow, this season, man, just a collection of injuries that took him down. I think it's also good for Howie Roseman to see DK Metcalf put up 150-plus yards and to realize that he drafted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside seven picks ahead of him because it's making you realize you need to get more explosive weapons. I don't know why Nelson Aguilar... I, my theory as to why Nelson Aguilar wasn't released is because if you release him, he gets to do media. You release him, he gets to go on first take and talk about or be like Orlando Scandrick right, on Good right, Morning right. Football. But if you just bench him, he just sits there. Just think about this. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, no targets. Deontay Burnett. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside had a catch. Uh, when? What game he had a catch this? right in the beginning of the game. I'm looking at the stats. Zero catches. Oh, got called back for penalty. No targets. Well, they took it off because of the penalty. Well, yeah, that that means he that doesn't count. Miles Sanders, five targets. Boston Scott, three targets. Greg Ward, four. Greg Ward was on the dog on practice squad. Obviously, Ertz and, and, and Goddard got their targets, too. That's just a bad draft pick. He played in a soft league in college, and he's a jump ball expert. And he they tried to throw the jump ball to him earlier in the season. He couldn't get it done. He, he has to get much, much better. He's not a number one. They need a number Overall, one. Overall, how do you feel about this Eagles season? What's your confidence meter that they win the Super Bowl this year? Next year. No, this year. This year. Yeah. Absolutely zero. Okay. Negative Me zero. Too, Can it be negative zero? Point one. Yeah. They yeah. might retract it. I think I, I think how would you sum up this Eagle the twenty nineteen Philadelphia Eagles? I think a team you, that came in as Super Bowl favorites according to a lot of places. They shouldn't have been Super Bowl favorites. But I, I think this team was considered a team that had a bunch of depth early in the season. Then you realize over time the guys that were second and third string that would be forced to play extended periods of time and throughout the season, they just weren't very good. And 
there will be questions about your starters and how good they actually are. There will also be questions about you bringing back older players that um, just weren't and, – and, and, and I wouldn't even include Jason Peters, who is probably one of the older players, but he had a pretty decent season blocking. Yeah. Um, you look at Sproles, you look at Jackson. I think one thing, if you're the Eagles, they would say is that the last quarter of the season proved that Carson Wentz can get it done. Yeah, I would – not necessarily go there, but I think a lot of Eagles fans, people that have supported Carson, think? would feel that way. I, I think that you, you played four terrible football teams. And three terrible football teams, four so games. So then what's your honest evaluation about the Eagles right now? I think that I think they need some work. I think they you talk about an offensive overhaul, that they have to go find receivers. I think you, you're solid with God and it hurts. If you don't find three good receivers, then you're in trouble. And I'm talking about your – I don't know how many picks they have, but I'm talking about – in the first four rounds, you got to get three solid players to play receiver. And and I would get rid of Alshon. I would bring Deshaun Jackson back they to help. Already extended Alshon before. I know it's just going to be it's going to be a money cap deal. They're, they're going to lose money in the situation. But my quarterback has played much better without your presence. That's the problem. That means you, re- to, you really think there's something there. I, I mean, I, I, what I, what I've seen is that as soon as you get rid of Nelson and Aguilar, I mean Nelson and and Alshon. Alshon my quarterback's confidence goes through the meters. And I guess you can time it up with some of the bad teams that you're playing. My core, my confidence in my quarterback goes through the meters. The other guys... I never heard that phrase. What was that? I believe what you're saying is his confidence meter goes through the roof. What did I say? Go through the his meters? His confidence goes through the meters. Oh, well, there it is. Well, the meter and goes the meters through the were roof. were actually like a really good funk group in like the 70s. <laughs> well, the confidence and goes like through... A song called Hand Clapping Song that's pretty funky. The, the song sucks. It goes through the roof. And but you think about this. Not only does the confidence go through go through the roof, Greg Ward popped out of nowhere. Love it. He's catching balls that no one else could. Boston right? Scott. Boston Scott he's out of the backfield. But even the smaller things, you, you have to be able to play with your quarterback. And if those yes. guys can't play with it, you gotta get rid of it. If you wanna I, I agree that we're still talking about Carson. I think Carson's the real deal, but I think what I learned the most was about Doug. When when you have a team that goes through all these injuries and goes through an off-season of public scrutiny of your quarterback, mm-hmm. and goes through the maybe Doug's not the guy, and you somehow patch it all together, and you win all those games, and you see him on the sideline with Josh McCown, yep. ta- like catering the offense to him mm-hmm. and putting together those drives, my confidence in Doug Peterson is through the roof. And to watch every other team in the East – have to find a new coach and realize that I feel that content with Doug. That's what I learned from the 2019 Philadelphia Eagles. If you want to say the journey, the jur- the uh, jury's still out with Carson Wentz when it really matters, fine. I get it. It makes sense. But what I learned was Doug is the captain. I think that you're absolutely right about and Doug. And that's where I feel secure. I, I think you're absolutely right about Doug. I think when you lose to Seattle, the Patriots, and the Dolphins, it's easy to quit. It's easy to say, yeah, this ain't it. We got a bunch of injuries. We just lost to two good oh, football yeah. teams and then a bum Miami team just hasn't had a good record. It's easy to quit. Doug found a way to keep those guys together. That's important. And to your point, you have to give them that credit. And, and listen, I was hard on Doug. When they lost to Miami, I was probably the hardest on Doug because I was like, that was a poor coaching job. He didn't get his guys ready to play. He didn't. I don't think that he was, uh, as a coach, prepared to play because you talked the timeout situation at the end of the game. Yeah. But 
he kept the guys together. So you have to give him some credit. He kept these guys together, and he put his quarterback and his team in a place to win the last four games yeah. and to make it into the playoffs where that looked improbable a couple weeks before. Just one note, though. You said that they should go out and draft three wide receivers. I don't trust Howie Roseman with the draft. Uh, I, I think he's so. You want to get him in free Tony agency? Watkins. I mean, Sidney Jones out of there. Yeah, played four special team snaps. Well, Sidney Jones ironically made two of the most important of plays of the season, which but is crazy. In the last Howie week. has done very well with free agency. Yes, with when Alshon first came, he was great. Uh, a, a number of pickups, obviously injuries this year messed it up. But I hope they're a little bit more of a player in free agency. Mm-hmm. Seahawks are going to Lambeau. Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers, it's a matchup we've seen before. The fail Mary. Aaron Rodgers um, in the uh, throwing a pick six mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, not Aaron Rodgers. Matt Hasselbeck throwing the pick six after saying we want the ball and we're going to win. Uh, the Packers with Mike McCarthy having a huge lead in Seattle. They came back. It's a rivalry with a lot of tradition. I think... The Packers are the most vulnerable team coming off of a bye, but how do you think that plays out in Lambeau? Just initial. I, my initial thoughts is the Packers have eight sacks in the game because I love the Smith brothers, Preston and, and uh, Zadarius. I, I, I like I like both of those guys. They end up having a bunch of sacks. Russell Wilson tries to hold on to the ball a little bit longer than, than I would particularly like. I think that um, Devontae Adams has his way against the Seahawks secondary. And coming off the bye, uh, they find a way once the pass, you know, the throws down the field, loosen up the defense just a little bit for the Seahawks, Aaron Jones gets it going. I I, I really do. I think that um, the Seahawks don't score enough points to to deal with the Packers team in this football game in Green Bay. Um, I I think they end up winning by, you know, 10 points. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I love these two teams. I love Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Well, I, I think that the, the Seahawks want to be a running team, control the clock. I think yesterday when I watched the game, I'm like, punt, 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 punt. They couldn't control it the way that they wanted well, yeah, to. Yeah, Marshawn ran 6 for 7, and Homer ran 11 for 12. Yeah. Well, and, they and, averaged 1.15 yards per carry. They only had the ball for 26 minutes, 27 minutes, and some, you know, 26 and some change. And so they want to be able to control the clock. That's not their game. Their, their, their game is not to have the ball 26 minutes. Their game is to have it 36 minutes. And then throw when we need to. They're going to have to put up some points, and they're going to have to do it in a hurry against the Green Bay team. And and I don't know that their defense, the Seahawks defense, can hold up against Aaron Rodgers. Best weekend of the year, yeah, coming up, divisional round, eight games, all them quality teams. Very excited for it. Wednesday, we're going to be back in here. It'll come out Thursday. I think we're going to have Ingber in the seat. Really, at the cup, have some fun. Yeah. He loves the cup. He loves the cup. Dude loves the cup. <laughs> he loves the cup. <laughs> Uh, all the homies, hit up Westbrook all at social at 36 Westbrook. I am at Adam Lefko. And this is the end of us talking about the Eagles. Ah, out of there, man. We had a funeral, then we had a resurrection, and now we're putting them back to sleep. We're just going off to sea. Yeah, there you go. Out of there. For Westbrook. The Rocket Man. I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And we will holler at you later this week. Peace. <laughs>